Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a podcast that knows the only way to play a record record is to play it backwards. Move on, dead man. My name is Greg. I'm Junius McGee. And on today's episode, we are talking about a great example of heavy metal horror, which is a genre I feel is underrated, underrepresented, mm-hmm. underappreciated more oh, than yeah. anything um, out there. Uh, but before we go any further, let me remind you we are, as we always note here, part of the wonderful Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. A podcast that includes such wonderful shows as Control Alt Delete, Toondiculous, and the newest edition, Forever Bogus. Mm-hmm. Check them out. Uh, we're, it's good stuff. I believe Genius is going to be on an episode here coming up. Talking about The Simpsons. Uh, oh, there you go. There's, there's reason enough right there right. to go on, you know, because not only does my man Genius know horror, but he knows his Simpsons, which is always good. Um, but you can always check us out at BoomHowdy.com. And if you are like me and you like to listen to us on the go, uh, simply search for Boom Howdy through your iTunes or Stitcher app. And then when we download the latest episode, it will upload directly into your favorite listening device. And right through into your ears. We give good aural, as they say. Yes, we do. All right. So heavy metal horror genius. Mm-hmm. This is one of those like two great tastes that go great together, right? And they go perfect together. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It very much so. It's it's, it's, it's the it's, devil's music. It is. It is. Uh, it's uh, you know Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. <laughs> I just you know I was thinking about that. Sorry about that. Uh, no, absolutely. So I got to ask you. Um, in the eighties, do you remember the whole Satanism scare? Oh yeah, that okay. was crazy. Everything was about Satanism. It was insane. Everything right? Everything was blamed on Satanism, and like it, it was like almost urban legends. Like don't go in there where that's a bunch of Satanists living. Oh, there. we we had one. It was called Bane's Crossing. It was in. Now this is going to get really local here. For <laughs> you were only raised in. <laughs> Kansas. I was born in it. He was born in Baines. <laughs> no, it was the scariest place because it was in a very um, rural area. It was in Lewisburg, Kansas. Okay, so we're going south. Wow. Oh, yeah. No, we're, we're going very rural here. Uh, but it, there's a series of caves out in this field, and it was rumored, there was always these rumors that there were Satanists out there. And well, you're like, well, well, how do you know they're Satanists? Yeah. There were bones scattered everywhere pentagrams put up Uh-oh. dead carcasses the whole thing so of course people thought Satanists. absolutely right. you know they're sacrificing baby <laughs> hail satan you know? hail satan <laughs> and so we used to drive it's around all for there. you damien it's all for you what have you done to its eyes <laughs> <laughs> but we used to drive around there um looking for them but we would blast slayer because <laughs> we were convinced that, you know, if we're playing Rain and Blood... Oh, they're cool. Exactly. They're cool. We had Satanism credibility is what right. we had. And so, yeah, th- so the the Satan scare, Satanism scare of the 80s was, like Genius said, uh, Dungeons and Dragons was Satanism. influenced Satanism. The devil. Uh, anything that was witchcraft or Halloween-oriented had something. Mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, of the many acronyms KISS stood for? Knights in Satan Service? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Already. Uh, Wasp had another one. Do you remember what Wasp stood uh-uh. for? We are Satan's people. Really? Yeah, so they were able <laughs> to make all these great satanic acronyms <laughs> out of something that didn't exist. There's just some dude in the South like, well, I need to start off some trouble so I can tell my congregation, I know, how about nice and Satan service? You, field hand, make Mm-mm. me a mint julep. I know, now, does that bell biv devote, does that sound like... Bell bottoms devoid of. I don't listen to hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there was such a scare for it. Uh, uh, it was in the music. In fact, yeah. 
Um, I'm so here's the thing. I'm a huge heavy metal fan. You know that. Yeah. If anyone that's listened to our pre- uh, our other podcast, Nerds of Nostalgia, knows I'm a huge metalhead. You're was, steeped in it. Was raised on it. Listened to it to this day. My one of my first albums I ever bought was Motley Crue's "Shout at the Devil." <laughs> And if you know that album, <laughs> it's great because if you tilt it at an angle, there is a pentagram smack dab in the middle of it. Just awesome Satan stuff right now. I was I was lucky. My parents were cool. They let me listen to it because I think they understood. It's, it's an act. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. Act. It's a way to stir up, as you said, commotion that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate enough to be able to be cool and listen yeah. to that. So I was raised on like Motley Crue, Iron Maiden, mm-hmm. um, then transitioned into the other heavy metal. But... Uh, most of the heavy metal horror movies that came out were mid to late 80s. Yeah. Because you had the explosion of, like, the metal scene. Right. And, and then they're like, let's capitalize on this. And let's, like, you know, okay, well, it's already demons and evil, so hey, hey, hey. Why not, yeah, right? Yeah, right. And there's actually a perfect example of that is uh, Black Roses. <laughs> no, uh, Black Roses is mm-hmm. one that we've talked about before on another podcast, but it's the perfect combination of demons and music and how music is the gateway to the devil right but the thing about it is um the lead singer and the, the poster oh he was wearing the uh david lee roth jumpsuit in that poster and i'm like the only thing that's gonna jump out of that is his dick because like <laughs> dude <laughs> well you know that's my what... video was banned on mtv because you could see my junk through the jumpsuit yeah you know <laughs> do you like cocaine i love c- cocaine baby there's another great example of utilizing heavy metal in a great way man oh that is so wonderful and the fact that they don't deny that that's basically david lee roth is is so wonderful well you you look at uh, damien who is the lead singer in black roses that dude is just quintessential hair metal yeah just perfect yeah but the the the, the demonic rubber costume that comes out at the end kind of saves that movie for me it's just so and actually it's pretty violent in a lot of areas it's like Harry, it's you know, just at the very end, just like prom that just goes fucked up. It's so good, but there's actually some really good music in that one too, mm-hmm. uh, which was really kind of surprising for me. Um, the whole theme, "Me Against the World," it's it's metal. It's so good. It was like a Greek choir. It was. You know, just like, okay, here's what's happening. Here's the feeling. You know, just it was good. It was very. It was effective. quite good. Um, yeah. But there's uh, other other examples out there, uh, including uh, there's another one called Rocktober Blood. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? Yeah, with the guy that looked like Evil Ernie. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because that's an iconic VHS cover. Because <laughs> yeah. that's one that scared me for the longest mm-hmm. time. Because he looked fucking like Evil Ernie. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's nuts. holding a, a little bloodied knife, big ass butcher knife. So I was like, right. like even I wasn't just that metal at that age, you know, where I could like <laughs> the power of metal would protect me right. like it did when I sought out the Satanist. Um, but that one I actually didn't get to. Uh, see it until recently when the Alamo did a uh, VHS like VCR night mm-hmm. and they played the tape of it. It was phenomenal. Oh, man. And it was just one of those that was just super gory and raw. Like yeah. there's a scene where the killer calls the girls up and he's like, I want your blood running all over my face, blood from your pussy. And you're like, Ooh. Oh, like, did I hear that? Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the time of the month. Get up, get up, get up. It was so horrible. I was like, like, did you all listen to this? But the best part of that movie is his backing band throughout. Mm -hmm. It's basically the lead singer of this band goes crazy, kills everyone, then he comes back. But the band, I'm looking at them like, God, they look so familiar. And I couldn't place it until they all started playing. I was like, holy shit, it's sorcery. 
from Sorcery for Stunt Rock? Really? Your fucking band, dude? They're, they were playing oh, the shit. backing band, and they actually played the music for Rocktober Blood because the music itself, it's pretty good, too. And that's one of the things I love with this whole um, the genre is, again, the combination of the heavy metal and the horror, and they let them interact. Um, Trick or Treat is another one that's yeah, really good. That was pretty good. That's a <laughs> fun one, man, because that's uh, just the pinnacle 80s film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was, that was surprisingly gory and dirty. And so was uh, are you, are so you, was Black Roses. Oh yeah, that oh, was yeah. that oh, was dirty some too. Straight up, there was movie some, shots. Yeah, in that, that was there was some dirty shit. I was I was actually I was pleasantly surprised when I rewatched right? that um, when like the little ghostly figure comes out of the Walkman and just like that. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. Okay. So this is uh, 1987, <laughs> I believe, uh, Trick or Treat, starring Mark Price from Skippy Family Ties. Yes, as a young teenage metalhead, and he he gets in. He's uh, he idolizes us. Sammy Kerr, mm-hmm. who is on our old logo, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> a rebellious metal god. He's a god, basically. Uh, dies of mysterious circumstances. Um, uh, Skippy, oh, the Ragman. Skippy is, is his name in the Ragman. Ragman. Ragman gets a hold of the uh, the final recording of Sammy Kerr. From Gene Simmons. Yes, playing like a Wolfman Jack uh-huh. DJ. Venus flytrap. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, if you've ever wondered. Wondered whatever became of me. I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cincinnati WKRP. Got tired of packing, and packing, and packing. <laughs> walking in up and down the aisle. Maybe, Maybe you and me were never meant, meant to be. But lately, come see me once, once in a while, because I'm, I'm on WKRP in Cincinnati. I'm so sorry, guys. That uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to leave that in or cut that out. But, uh, <laughs> leave it in, dude. That was gold. That's pretty glorious. I'm looking somewhere, Lonnie Anderson's just smiling. Oh, I hope so. Maybe <laughs> her, her ears are getting red, right. you know? <laughs> she pats herself down with one of Burt Reynolds' old toupees, you know? <laughs> I'm getting the vapors. Good lord. <laughs> but no, there's that really weird seduction scene because he uh, releases the spirit of Sammy Kerr by playing the record backwards, which of is course, awesome. metal. Yeah. Very metal. Um, but he gets the, he puts the essence of Sammy Kerr on this tape. And the tape was originally supposed to go to the big William Zapka yeah, S. Bully. He made his, his enemy a mixtape. I made you a mixtape. You want to go to the prom? <laughs> you're you're, you're going to love all the little thematic elements I put in there and the little, <laughs> the little transitions. You'll love it. Oh, God. But ultimately, it's the big bully's <laughs> girlfriend that gets it. And so she starts listening to it. And as you said, like these weird things. Like start ghostly com- vibe, like ghostly hands. Come Cosby on. hands yeah, ask, yeah. you know, if you see, will. I'm going to be coming around. You're going to be, I'm going to dibble the so bobble It's creepy. And it starts undressing her. And you yeah. get some gratuitous booby shots yeah. in it. And of course, you're going to get that. It's an R-rated horror film in the 80s. It's a metal horror film. And it's a metal horror yeah. film. And she was pretty like 80s metal hot, too, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, she was pretty metal lady. That was, that was a nice, again, a nice surprise. So we've talked about some of the examples in here in the heavy metal um, horror genre. There's a lot of good ones, even mm-hmm. like uh, Hard Rock Zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully some of you out there are going, you guys, you're missing the, just the big one. The big one, an <laughs> obvious one, <laughs> right. which we are going to cover in a segment we call The Cult Callback, where we take a look and discuss at a movie that we feel is definitely a cult classic. And deserves another look. Absolutely. Maybe something that didn't do well upon its release, but you know, grew a following through home video, um, uh, cable TV viewing, what mm-hmm. have you. Uh, which brings us ah to one of the pinnacle, one of the finest heavy metal oh, horror films. Such a good, and a good horror movie in general. Oh, there's so much to talk about this one. This is 1987's The, the Gate. Gate. Ah, yes. So we're gonna give you, I'm going to give you a quick synopsis, and then we're going to dive in here. 
So the gate stars Stephen Dorff in one of his first movie roles as uh, Glenn, and Glenn and his friend Terry unwittingly open up a gate to hell in their backyard, and the movie follows their adventures and the terror that they go through in trying to close the gate. Yeah, the gate genius. What do you think? I loved it. I mean, because it and on the. Just by synopsis alone, even if you don't even know what it is, it looks like a kids movie, like a family fun kids movie, because it has kids and shit in it. No, kids are the they are the central protagonists. They are yeah. the audience surrogate, which is why I think this movie works so well. As you mentioned, it's a it's kind of a kids film. It, it is if if kids are <laughs> if you're a child of the Manson family, it's a kids. I'm film. sorry, I saw it's, this movie awesome. when I was probably all of like like nine or ten, yeah. and it made such an influence on me because I identified with Glenn. He's he's rocking the the, the (laughs) 80s bowl cut that you had when you were that age. Uh, Just that that horrible mom bowl cut. And I was like, I am him. I am Glenn. You know, I I, I jumping around in your in your room, listening to heavy metal with oh, posters on the wall. Terry's little his jam out session yeah. is so wonderful because <laughs> I epic. still do that actually to this day. <laughs> it's true, I've seen it. It's horrible. Like Iron Maiden will come on and I will air base my heart out, man. It's horrible. And so I yeah, that's one of the things I identified with it. Um, but it's to, it's all about the terrors almost of suburbia mm-hmm. because the entire uh, film for the most part takes place in the house and in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. So so that to me is the terror of the stuff getting you in your home. Mm-hmm. You know, when you Where get nowhere home, is safe. Oh yeah. God, that's horrible because yeah. when you get home, home is the base. You know, you can't be yeah. touched. You're safe. But when they, you know, when, when the they horrors, meet you there and there's you got nowhere to run to, it's a horrible thing. I remember seeing Silence of the Lambs in the theater, and I drove <laughs> when we got home. I had my dad search the house to make sure Hannibal Lecter wasn't in there waiting for me. So when I got in home, I knew I was safe once yeah. I got in there. But yeah, the gate takes that all away from you. It's very, very creepy because it's come, it's coming out of the walls. It's coming from the backyard. It's coming from the front yard. It really is. It yeah. really no. There is yeah. truly a, there's nowhere safe. It's just a bubble of terror. Uh-huh. Uh, so it starts out, actually, um, where they're just digging up stuff in the backyard, and a little sphere breaks open, and they grab it. They're looking at it. It's kind of, you know, straight out of like a... Yeah, like, like a creep show. Exactly. Almost like, it was like a, like a meteorite, or it looked like, um, oh, fuck, a geode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like nice. A, they just like found a little geode. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. We bring a, a level of intellect, you know, to this this podcast, <laughs> I'd like to think. Um, so they, they look at it, they're looking at it, and then eventually... They realize that they've technically opened a gate. Well, they haven't officially They don't opened realize it. Yes. it. Your friend Glenn does. Yes, because of his interest in... No, it was Terry because... Terry, he, Terry, Terry. He has the interest in heavy metal, and uh-huh. he's listening after he's uh, rocking out in his room. They do that whole like spoken word, in the dark times, you know? And, he's, and I love the fact that he's mouthing along with it. He just knows it, and he's being very theatrical, actually, if you right. rewatch that scene. Yeah, he is. I love that. I was like, oh, I, I identify with that. I love Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. <laughs> Alan Parsons project. It's very heavy. <laughs> the Moody Blues. Moody Blues sing songs of the Satan. I was going to say all your parents' 70s collection yeah. all in one place. Gentle demons upon the feast. They shall rise and take over the world. The destruction of the innocent will be la 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 la. Knights in white satin. Yo, is that Freedom Rock, man? <laughs> <laughs> Going so, south. Uh, Timeline presents the best of heavy metal horror. I'll tell you what, I will still I would still buy the AM Gold like collection. <laughs> there were some money songs on I made there, love man. In my Chevy van and that's alright with me. <laughs> 
Dude, sister sister golden hair. I mean, there are some jams on there. Sister Christian, know the time has come. Pop. Oh, I was trying to do the firecrackers in the background there. Oh goddamn! Is there now, actually that would deserve to be talked about as a very scary scene in Boogie Nights Yo, when Alfred yeah. Molina is escalating yes. with the firecrackers in the mm-hmm. background. That's almost that's scarier than any scary, movie I've seen. That's like real. That's like hitting genuine close to home, You know, I mean. I mean, how often have you, you know, been in the uh, the living room of a noted noted drug dealer, you know, with his little three times, three times no. <laughs> that I can count this week, you right? Know? <laughs> but what do I remember, you know? But going back to Terry, he is singing his heart out, but he great gets this great look of realization when he's like, "Oh shit, yeah." This they speak the truth on this metal album, and then that's when they make the discovery, and that's when the ill shit starts going down. And the crazy thing is, like oh. the Necronomica is in the it's, album. It's called the Dark Book, is what it's called, and it's actually it's it's uh, was done by the band Sacrifice. They were a Canadian band, an actual uh, metal band. God bless Canada. Oh, dude, Canada. <laughs> We have a lot to be thankful for with Canada. Um, but yeah, no, then the stuff starts going down in terms of the demons coming out. And I would like to actually talk a little bit about the special effects in this film. So good. Right? And they hold up so well. We saw this recently at the Alamo not yeah, too long ago. On the big screen. And those effects were so all practical. And crisp. Very much so. Yeah. It was a good old... Pr- oh, it was. I was so impressed with it. And it's been a while since I had seen it. And I was like, oh, will those... Because eff- that's one of the things that sold me on the movie initially. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's like the first memory I have were all the little minion demons. Yeah, a little creepy, like, oh. weird goat face. Yeah, because they like, don't necessarily can't close their lips all the way. Yeah, they, they look like um, that Mystery Science Theater Pod People episode. They do, Trumpy, actually. you are magical. And, like... <laughs> and they run around like little T-Rexes. Right. And the way they run is so disjointed, that's genuinely creepy, Yo, seeing them. Yeah. And they're all real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. They those are all people in the costumes, and that's the thing is they shot a lot of really weird forced perspective for this movie. Yeah, which was really neat. It is it's, giant legs and yes, like, like huge yeah. uh, dressers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's movie magic. Mm-hmm. Like that's the stuff that made me happy yeah. as a kid, and it makes me happy watching it now. Thinking of the ingenuity that goes along with all that, dude. Yeah, just to think. Okay, how are we gonna do this? Yes, and they did it. Yes, they did not have CGI as a. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. I'm afraid people are just going to go, these guys hate CGI. No. <laughs> no. CGI if it's is used great, well, but... see, see Fury Road for an example mm-hmm. of CGI done well with practical. Right. But all this stuff that you see, those demons are all people in suits. Mm-hmm. And then when you get those great shots where, for example, there's the great shot of the, oh God, the the the, the carpenter that was uh, died in the house. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's that great shot when he falls forward. And just turns into like a dozen of them. Yeah. Oh my god! So creepy, mm-hmm. so effective. That's that's one of the things that are like freaked me the fuck out about that. Oh movie. my god! It is so unsettling. Yeah. And the thing is, what's I think brilliant about this film is whenever if you would actually, I remember seeing it a lot on like USA, USA, and like Showtime and stuff like that. They don't really have to cut anything out on Mm-mm. this film because it's violent and gory, but it's not overly gory. No, not at all. And it's not like, and it's all like implied violence yeah it's just it's more creepy images than anything mm-hmm. which they really can't cut so if you saw this on usa you really got the whole thing yeah a which, couple of good melting faces shots too yeah, yeah. oh yeah they kept that in yeah that's <laughs> you've been mad <laughs> yeah oh, that is so yeah. yeah so i think that's a benefit uh, just a credit to the filmmakers on this that you can have the movie uncut on tv and it doesn't lose any of the effectiveness. No, yeah, it's still pretty good. I think they may have cut out a couple of the F-bombs. 
because <laughs> there there's some liberal use of a certain f word that i'm mm-hmm. not going to say that's oh, fuck oh that, no yeah, no yeah, the yeah, other yeah, one yeah, that's a, the other one the other one yeah where he was like yeah yeah there's the very casual 80s homophobic mm-hmm. stuff that goes on in there you're like Wow, they just threw that out there like it ain't no thing. Rhymes with maggot. Yes, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Bundle of sticks. It's not yeah, good. Right. <laughs> it was. It was very much very. Because sh- again, a lot of people were probably seeing this film for the first time, and you could see the look. It, it shocked me again. I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that. Like, they're just throwing it casually around. Right. It made me laugh because of just how <laughs> casual they threw it around. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it, but, and I'm like. <laughs> Oh, the eighties! Yeah. Oh, it was such a more. It was just, I don't know. It wasn't a simple time. I'm surprised a, someone didn't like gay lord. You know, or saying <laughs> on Thirty Rock, they use. Oh, forgive me for using this phrase, but I've never heard it before, and it made me laugh really badly. Fagatron. Oh, you haven't heard that? No. We used to call people that in elementary school. I, I was like, that's so horrible, but I'm laughing. I was like, I felt bad for <laughs> laughing, but I had never heard. Well, because it, it was just, the 80s, so we said all that stuff. You know, it, was, it wasn't as PC at the time. No, but. absolutely. I mean, you would call your friends that. You would, mm-hmm. and you didn't know any better until someone of an older and wiser generation like, goes. Don't call them, man. That's, yeah, not, that's cool. not cool. And yeah. then you're like, oh, okay. And you learn, yeah. yeah. And then you're like, "Oh shit, I feel bad about it." But yeah, I still like you said, like in Monster Squad, you know, it's thrown out there as well. Yeah, it's just, it, it just, it was just is how kids talked. It did, and it was, it was how we talked. So, you know, like, what's up, Fagman Jazz? You know, or just just ran, just thrown out casual because we like, didn't know the yeah, context. Yeah, and then it, and I hate to say it, it wasn't like because nowadays, <laughs> if something's offensive, people will say it. Oh, absolutely. But back then, there and they were like. Yeah. Okay. Kids will be kids. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was. It was. It's an interesting. It's a, definitely an interesting kind of timepiece in the film that mm-hmm. definitely marks it as an '80s film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the um, the demons, um, the very the, the 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 dead guy in the, in yeah, the wall the, was very creepy. The carpenter. What was his name? He had a name. He it was something like man, and I don't even want to say like something man and man. wall. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the carpenter man or right. something. Right. And it something. was it was based on like an urban legend, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. And the fact that the your worst fears are coming out coming of it. Coming true. Okay. Your your thoughts on which is one of the most wince inducing moments in the film. The eyeball on the hand. Yes. That fucked me up, dude. That's still... That fucked me up. I when I was little like, oh shit. I would like look at my hand and like my palm every time my palm would itch, you know, I, I like Oh god, you're just waiting for that little eye oh, to wink shit. at you. Shit, I gotta stop masturbating. Exactly. You know? You're gonna get an eye full, my man. <laughs> <Right>. This is <laughs> get can shot you... in the eyes so you can see where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much. Okay, we're not going to go there. That's way too easy. But again, and I actually, I want to say, again, all practical, which is great. And then you get that great scene when he stabs himself through the hand. Yeah. Just it just made you cringe. Oh, absolutely. Because first you're like, oh fuck, you know. It was like almost when his hand was controlled in Evil Dead. Yeah. At the same time, you're like you when you not only have no control over your situation and your scenario, but you have no control of your own body. If that's your body betrays you, yeah, that's, that's almost, terrifying. there's nothing more frightening yeah. than that. Oh, that's, ho- what did you think of Idle Hands? I love that movie. It was so good. That's so a good, good horror comedy. Yeah, uh-huh. I haven't seen that in quite a while, but there's, I mean, the whole premise of that movie is based around mm-hmm, the demonic. Evil hand, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's just, there, and the gore in this, it's minimal, but it's there. Effective. It's very effective. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, almost minimalist. In I a think way. the goriest part was when their face was melting, and it would, then it became almost comical because almost like a Gallagher show. Exactly. Just, it wasn't yeah. red. It was just this green, green slime mutagen which ooze. Gave it that otherworldly feel though, mm-hmm. which again just made it even creepier. Mm-hmm. Or that great uh, bit where the little demon has his hand. 
cut in the door. And then it like turns into like a little worm and then slithers away. Yes. Yeah. Good claymation work in this yeah. in terms of yeah. stop motion. Yeah. You get the giant demon at the very end, kind of mm-hmm. an, an homage to Harryhausen. Harryhausen. It was super Gorgon-esque. It, yes, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was almost a Lovecraftian old ones uh-huh. kind of thing. Look like a cross between that and like um the Kraken. Yeah. Ah, oh, summon the Kraken. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, the Kraken. Release the Kraken. <laughs> So good, so good. A titan against a titan. Somewhere Harry Hamlin's ears are burning. Just takes and wipes off Burt Reynolds' wig. Oh, the vapors. Comes out in his little toga outfit, you know. Anyone call Perseus? Perseus, please. Archimedes flows by. (laughs) That's Bubo the Owl. Such a weird, weird movie. But we used to watch that in school, and there was that lovely little nude scene where you got to see her bare bottom. Yeah. Uh, they never cut it out. It was wonderful. Same thing like when we watched Romeo and Juliet, the, the original topless, scene. The topless one. Like, titties. Like, awesome. This is truly educating. <laughs> Long live Shakespeare. You know? <laughs> we all became fans of the bard right. at that moment in our lives. Forsooth, does now now care to drop thine pantaloons and reveal thy to myself? Oh, good lord. <laughs> it's so, so wonderful. That's actually, that's something with this film. No nudity. Yeah, that's right. There is no skin in this film, uh-uh. which actually, I think, benefits it. Well, because plus if there's kids. I mean, exactly. You don't want to like... <laughs> we, we talked about this mm. off-air before, about putting together a list of, uh, like, a primer list for uh, kids getting into horror. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, w- which ones do you start them out with? Now, by no means would I say start out with The Gate. Mm-mm. To me, this is more advanced studies. Right. But I honestly think this is a film that you could... Work into maybe show a 10, 12 year old. Absolutely. Yeah. I really think because that's the age I saw this film and I had Same no here. guidance. Yeah. You know, I had to figure it out on my own, but I managed. But honestly, you know, if you've got our, any of our listeners that are parents out there, they're like, oh, how do I introduce my kid mm-hmm. to horror? We're going to actually do an episode on that. Yeah. We'll, we'll help you out. But I definitely think this is a kid's horror film. Mm-hmm. It's more extreme, but I totally see this yeah. as a kid's horror movie. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But it's, it works on. An adult horror movie. Oh, it too. completely works on the yeah. Well, hell, I identified with Terry because he's got his little jacket with his back, his killer doors. <laughs> killer doors. Oh, love to. He's one of my all time uh, just favorite characters in uh, in cinema. I'm not joking. I love Lewis Tripp was the guy that uh, per- portrayed him. Just wonderful. Loved him. And he always plays that kind of character. He's been like. Have you seen him in other stuff? Yeah, wasn't he that guy in. Uh... Oh, we're going to have to confer to IMDb on this. But I've, I've, I've always found it interesting that this is Stephen Dorff's one of his first film. And he nails it. Yeah. He's a good little kid yeah, actor he, in this yeah. film. He, he is. He is. Because I don't think this movie would be half as good as if is if he wasn't really selling because you can see like the fear and his protection of his family and friends he is very and protective. He, yeah you could see like him like oh how come i don't get to go out with them you know or like when he calls the gruesome twosome those two twins those yes. those those girls were bitches dude they were bitches i wanted them to get got yeah they, you know i really wanted them to get got in any other horror movie they would have got it they would have been cannon fodder yeah but in this film yeah no one really truly dies no everyone actually the dog but no but he comes back in the end oh as that's well. right he does yeah so that's why again i think this is kind <clears throat> of a a, yeah, yeah. This is why I'm not a parent, but a kid-friendly horror film, yeah, an advanced studies one. Because it's I think scary. It is scary. Yeah. It, it still freaks me out to this day, and I think a lot of it is the the credit of the special effects. The special effects were done. Hold on, just a second here. The uh, supervisor was Randy Cook, was his name. Uh, he definitely deserves a shout out for this because, to me, the, the special effects don't carry this movie, but they're a huge reason why I remember they, it so yeah. well. And the fact that they, like we talked about earlier, it's 
still holds up. You know, I mean, the like I said, it wasn't a fantastic like jaw dropping, genre bending. Not at all. Not no, at all. Like special and, effects, but it's still fucking great. And I think some people may even contend that it's a heavy metal horror movie. You know, for me it is because it's got the connection where they figure out what's going on through heavy metal. Mm-hmm. One of them is a heavy metal fan, and they actually are able to defeat the guys based on the through heavy metal. Heavy metal. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, and I know, so if anyone's out there going, ah, oh, it's not a heavy metal, that's perfect. You know, you can chat with us at Boom Howdy uh, through Twitter, uh, Facebook. Let us know what you feel if it is truly a heavy metal horror film i think it's one of the great ones i think so too because like you said it's it's you you they used horror to get it and they use horror to stop it i mean i horror heavy metal i it works it does it really does it's seek it out if you haven't seen it uh 1987's the gate now there was a sequel to it the which trespassers i've never seen it the trust that's what it's called is it really gate so it even has oh my goodness and i know lewis trip did return for that one but steven dorf didn't but i've never seen that one so that one's definitely in my cultural blind spot but i'll be honest i've heard i shouldn't seek it out i've heard <laughs> like it's creep show good. three yeah exactly <laughs> we'll do you a favor and just don't seek it out so yeah take that as if you for what you will i would just say you know if it's out there see it give it a chance but definitely pick up the gate the gate is phenomenal um it's not streaming on anything for free that i know of but you know definitely you can catch it every now and then on like encore oh okay nice like encore will like you know we ain't got nothing else we'll show the gate that's even better or you know there's a really good dvd uh with some really good special features on it highly recommend to check it out um but yeah that is the gate for our cult callback we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we are going to do a rotten reynolds recommendation All right, we are back, and we're back with a Rotten Reynolds recommendation, a little segment we like to do every now and again. And uh, Genius, what's Rotten Reynolds? Rotten Reynolds are these awesome old-school VHS clamshells, and they take the original artwork from these wicked, wicked horror movies, and it's total trip back in time. But not only do you get that awesome, cool artwork and that really neat, like, old clamshell thing. Which, I'll be honest, is enough for me. So, what right. else do we have? Inside, it's a whole fucking treasure trove of, like, trove. fucking wonderfulness, you know? And, like, you can take that to the bank. A treasure trove of wonderfulness. <laughs> fucking wonderfulness. And I will say this. There are many <clears throat> things you will find in the cassettes. Some of them include uh, Scream Queen trading cards, mm-hmm. Toxic Crusaders tattoos, yeah. uh, little mini zombies. Zombie tarot cards. It's wonderful. And you never know what you're going to get. You can get, like, whole packs. You can yep. get a couple of loose cards. But you always get, like, really an abundance of good stuff. And and I I, I hang mine proudly. I present. I, we've got... Yeah. Fright Night over there. Um, but what we like to do then is to feature one of their many wares, one of the offers that you have there. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that thought my uh, selection of the gate as heavy metal horror was controversial, then you may also find some controversy in this next film I'm going to recommend for Rotten Reynolds recommendations. I, you know, could you, would you, knowing what we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. make the argument that you could include this film in the heavy metal horror genre? I think so, because... One band has been consistent <laughs> since its inception. Yes, they have. They you know, have not from, changed at all. Not at all. And even when they had to, they still didn't. And, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know? Um, when grunge came around, they're like, no, nah, we're going to put it. out. Fuck it! Nah! 
you know? Thunderstruck! <laughs> yeah. And the whole thing, the whole movie is just soundtracked by them. And I think that's the only movie that ever had the, the whole soundtrack with and, them. And it's, and it's uh, so obviously it is Maximum, Maximum Overdrive. Overdrive. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Such a wonderfully weird film. Now, I have to start out. Have you ever seen the original trailer for this film? No. It's wonderful. Okay, check it out. So, it's this is uh, written and directed by Stephen, Stephen King. King. Yeah. So, he knows shit's going to go down. Well, it's great because there's a great shot of him and it's just Stephen King and he's talking to the audience and he's like, you know, these guys have, you know, they've done my movies, but I think it's, you know, you know, times I do it right the right way. And so he's basically calling out like Carpenter uh, Cronenberg, yeah. all these guys like saying you're kind of you're kind of shitty, you know. It's like I'm gonna I am a good director here, and it's just it's ballsy. I'm just like wow, that was that was fucked up, yeah, you know. But so that's a great show. So, um, 1986, a rogue comet hits the Earth, and for I think it was like 24 or 48 hours, it didn't hit it. It's going around, it's going around. That's and right. And then the whole like radiation from seeping it. down, yeah. And so machines are rising against us, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's all you need to know. Yeah, it's basically it's, it's, Skynet. It's, yeah, it really is actually. Uh-huh. It's us versus the, the the machines, and we're talking, you know, obviously cars, um, vending machines, coffee makers, video games, Walkmans, lawnmowers. Oh, got ATM machines. Yes, honey, this ATM machine called Come me an, an asshole. asshole. In his little Stephen King cameo mm-hmm. there, yeah, and so it's basically uh, the world runs amok, and you get these people. Sur- they uh, they're basically surviving. Um, it's so it's almost like a siege movie, yeah. Because you got a group of survivors in this little dri- uh, dive, little, little drive-in, uh-huh. and they're holed up there, fighting off these hordes of cars and just machines in general. Yeah. So we've got who do we have in this? It's Emilio Estevez. Uh, Yearly Smith, Pat Healy, Pat Healy, yeah. We've got it's a good, it's a good ensemble. It cast. really is. Just There's some like, genre character yeah. actors. You're like, oh, it's you know, you get Lisa, Lisa Simpson. Simpson. Honey, don't go out there. It's dangerous. Don't make me a widower. Right. On her wedding night. Yeah. Oh, like it's delicious. Unfortunately, with her, all I can think about. Lisa. No, no. I'll even one up you there. The legend of Billie Jean when she's like, when can I have a diaphragm? (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know if that's a too deep a pull for some people out there, but sadly, that's what I go to immediately. Um, I just love the iconic uh, Green Goblin. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, happy toys, man. Oh my goodness. That that is he's essentially our main villain. Right. He's the big he's the the big baddie, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's just that green goblin face. And the best part is like, you know, when he revs up his lights, his light, eyes, eyes glow. light up. Yeah. Here comes another load of joy from Happy Toys. It's so incredible. Now I I'm kind of curious to see if that was all Stephen King there, uh, because if it is, kudos, man, because that is such an iconic yeah that's, look. Yeah, it's just a big old truck with the big ass Green Goblin face on it, and it's one of those like you may not know the movie, but you know that truck mm-hmm. because and it's not Willem Dafoe Green Goblin. It's no. like comic book. It's evil much. killing Gwen Stacy. It's a Green Jack Goblin. Kirby. Yeah, Green Goblin. it's a it's a it's the Green Goblin. It really is it is the epitome of the mm-hmm. green goblin and it's just and he is just it's running down people slaughtering people yeah. it's wonderful um but you got these group of survivors including emilio estevez this was around the time he did like repo man um when he was uh, just taking chances man he was he was a good little actor actually mm-hmm. his yeah. turn in uh young guns is billy the kid yeah pretty good yeah. i like him yeah 
Uh, but he's actually an ex-con, and that's when he realizes that an entire Pat Healy, who plays just... You want to go back to jail, oh, or do you want to play a, by the rules? He's such a scumbag, yeah, man, just taking advantage of him. Like, you know, in these uh, little card system with the stars and shit. Like, the more stars you had, the worse of a con you were, and the worse yeah. he could... It was just, he was just such a slimy scumbag, holding an arsenal, by the way, under his... He's got, like, little law rocket launchers. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, they do make their stand against the machines, but there's um some... Gr- oh, God. Can we talk about some of the kills in this movie? Glorious kills. Glorious, wonderful kills. You know it's a Stephen King movie because kids die. Painfully. He Painfully. has never been afraid to kill kids. No, no. In fact, that's like one of his crowning achievements. It's just like, <laughs> if you're a kid... You're going to die. <laughs> you may get squashed by mm-hmm. uh what was that it was a steamroller yes oh my god and then the whole little league team that got taken out by a vending machine, <laughs> vending machine. just like literally just ob- obliterating them shooting out cans of pepsi oh, it is just cannon pew, 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 pew. shooting that yeah. shit um <laughs> god there's, there's there is and what's even worse and more messed up is there's a shot where the little lone surviving uh little league kid is riding his bike around the neighborhood and you see all these various shots of carnage yeah there's a little dog that had like it was a radio control car shoved in his mouth that was dead. That messed me up. And the like guy who was like half eaten by the lawnmower. And then the one Oh yeah, and he's just hanging out of it. Yeah. And then the one that the dude that was sitting on the porch with the Walkman in and his ears are just bleeding and his eyes are just hanging out. And then the the most uh, ominous thing is that ice cream truck driving around and it's got the blood like the the the, the, the collision splatters <laughs> on like the back. Yeah, like oh, twisted metal. It it was straight it, up it, twisted metal. <laughs> Tell me they were not pulling from that for this movie. The movie is so good. Well that's the thing. A lot I mean, let's face it. It's not a good movie. No, but it's a good movie. But it is a good movie. (laughs) And I'm glad to see more and more people are um, actually kind of defending it online. Because for a while, it was just one of those films that just people hated. Dismissed and like, this movie's dumb and stupid. Like, no, this movie's fucking amazing. kind of great. Because even that opening scene when the drawbridge is going up. Yeah. And you still got the ACDC playing in the background. Who made who? Oh, it's so good. But there's just all that, the carnage that comes from all the cars toppling in on each other. You get that great watermelon explosion. Yes. Which I always thought was a human. Like, it wasn't until, re- I'm like, no, it's obviously a watermelon. <laughs> right. But, you know, when you're a kid and you see that, you're thinking, like, oh, Yo. shit. Yeah. And it's Stephen King. So, you uh-huh. know, that's a possibility. Yeah. There are just so many things to love with this film because it's, well, and here's the thing. I don't, from what I've heard, again, this is kind of like lore, but Stephen King really doesn't remember directing this movie. Because he was so coked up. He was literally, like, just obliterated on coke. (laughs) And this is Stephen King in his heyday. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to think about a horror novelist being that embraced uh, and that wide, just, like, like your mom read Stephen mm-hmm. King books. Or at least knew of sure, Stephen King. Sure, sure. And that was, I actually remember reading a lot of his books. Yeah. And they were always a good journey. Salem's Lot, one of the scariest books I've ever read. Yeah, and one of the creepiest vampires. Oh, God. A that... little kid at the window. Fuck. Yeah. That. Yeah, that kid was fucked up, dude. That, if we were, <laughs> we're going to also probably eventually do like an all-time top scary scenes. Yeah. That that's on there, is dude. in my top five yeah. easily. Yeah. That, that is that one of the most disturbing. unsettling, <laughs> just creepy, just tap, tap, tap. That was tap. Toby Hooper, wasn't it? Yeah. That did the Salem's yeah. Lot. I was reading, it's which is the up, one, dude. which is the one that deals with the rats? Uh, the Graveyard Shift. Thank you. I was reading that one night and we had just adopted a little kitten and the kitten, unbeknownst to me, had gotten underneath my bed and was in the, um, the bed frame. 
And I'm at one of those points in the movie where the rats are attacking them. Mm-hmm. Well, something freaked the kitten out because she just started going batshit crazy underneath the bed. And I was just basically like, I'm going to get eaten by rats. Like, I don't know if I screamed. <laughs> it's like me but and like, Mulberry Street, dude. It was, yo, it was exactly that, dude. It was horrible. So we, saw, we talked about this on the podcast before, but if you haven't heard it, so basically I'm over here watching Mulberry Street because it's one of the movies that I recommended like on uh, We did a Netflix scene on scene, Nasty, yeah. That's right. And so um, we're wa- I'm watching because I wanted to see, and it's all about these rats that like, take over New York and turn people into were-rats. And it sounds silly, but it's a very effective It's actually movie. really good. It's really, it's really good. Movie. Check it out. But so anyway, so there's a scene where all these rats are everywhere, and like... <laughs> the cats upstairs are running around, and you just like hear, like... Yeah. Right? And it sounds like it's coming from the walls right by me, and I flip the fuck out. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! Right? <laughs> it was like a William Castle inspired event. Right. It was all kinds of I'm wonderful. already like rodent phobic. And so just to hear that and to watch the movie, yeah, it was curtains. It was a me. great combination. And then like, I'm leaving. Watch out for bats. Fuck. <laughs> but I do remember the last Stephen King book I read was Desperation, yeah. which I thought was very, was pretty good. I never saw the TV adaption of it because it does have Ron Perlman in it, mm-hmm. which usually I'll seek out. Just never saw it, though. Uh, but it's a Mick Garris movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Hulk, the, the the Stephen King go-to guy <laughs> right. for the television releases of his yeah. own film. Dude's made a career out of it, though. And it's... He's, he's he's not bad. He's dude. actually really good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a reason that he's persisted for so long. Same thing with uh, Frank Darbont. Ah, oh, yes. You know, because really, his first two movies were Stephen King prison movies. Going under the Richard Richard Bachman, uh-huh. yeah, Shawshank yeah. and uh, Green Mile. Yeah, it's I, I don't know. It's, I'm glad even. Thinking about in Monster Squad, um, Sean is wearing that Stephen King Rules shirt, yeah. which is so great. Uh, that's I, He just permeated through everything yeah. in the mid-80s. It was unreal. Just with all of his books, the movies, mm-hmm. his coke habit. You know, I mean, just <laughs> the man was pretty legendary. Right. And I think he does really earn that status of... The do you remember, master of horror. Yeah, do you remember the, um, the first Hellraiser trailer? I have seen the future of horror. And in his name. Clive Barker. Stephen, Stephen King. King. And yeah. you're like, oh, he's passing the torch? Are you right? kidding? It was That was a moniker of excellence. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... If you got the okay from Stephen King, then it was like, oh, fuck yeah. Open so, the floodgates, baby. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was, it was impressive. So I definitely check out Maximum Overdrive. It's a lot of fun. It's a good group movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's good gore, good... Great, Great music. soundtrack. <laughs> awesome fucking soundtrack. Oh, wow. my God. I mean, just the soundtrack itself. It's ACDC. Mm-hmm. Just, you can't get more metal than ACDC, man. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, they, they're, st- they, like you said, they had The fellow's about to rock fire! <laughs> my man just, just, just earned it. Yeah. I would have not wanted to follow up Bon Scott, but he really brought, he made the group his. Yeah. Because there's the Bon Scott area, and then there's the um, there's the Brian Johnson area. And they're both fucking wicked. Hell yeah. You know, there's not a bad one of the bunch. Riff Raff might be one of my all-time favorite, like, just just good rock songs, man. Yeah. Riff Raff! Just, ugh. And everyone has their own impression of them. But yeah, uh, RottenReynolds.com. Check it out. Maximum Overdrive. Uh, that's about the end for this episode, you guys. Uh, as always, my name is Greg. And I'm Genius McGee. We will see you in your dreams.